You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher reveal their own attachment wound coming from experiencing complex childhood trauma. For those who have experienced complex childhood trauma, the wound of losing safe and secure connections happened in multiple ways. Coming to terms with how this affected Candace and Cher is extremely hard for them, but worth it in order to heal today. Listen in as Candace and Cher discuss this hard topic with deep compassion and understanding. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. Good to see you again today. Great to be with you. Yeah, two episodes in one day. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of nice when we get into a flow and the conversation can keep going on the same day. We just recorded an episode in our series of things that are hard but worth it, where we looked at naming how hard it can be when we are trying to discover the inner beliefs, body sensations that are often driving our behavior in the way that we're showing up. But today we're going to look at how hard it can be to identify not just our attachment wounds, our specific attachment wounds, but how they lead into our attachment styles, which just means how we show up and are relating to ourselves, to other people, and is the way that we're relating moving us into greater connection, deeper understanding, mutuality, or are we showing up in ways that we just have a lot of broken relationships? Yeah. Broken relationships because we are in the posture of self-protection and being so afraid of trusting because we just can't bear to be hurt anymore. Yeah. So what we're going to talk specifically about today, we're going to get personal here because we're just going to share a little bit of our own journey of us discovering the attachment styles that come from the attachment wounds that we've had. And we're going to look at just one of the insecure attachment styles called fearful avoidant or disorganized or chaotic. You and I both can relate to the stories and the messages that we tell ourselves that come from this attachment style. We're also going to give our listeners hope that this isn't a life sentence. We may have particular struggles throughout our journey, but we can heal and move into secure attachment styles and specific relationships even. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's been a process for us, I think, not too long ago, several months, but I really saw myself more in the category of avoidant. And the more that I've learned about myself and the more that I've just studied this a little, I am recognizing that I definitely fall into this category of the fearful avoidant or the disorganized attachment, which really is characterized by almost in a sense, it's a little bit of being avoidant and a little bit of being anxious. It's the deep desire to be loved coupled with the fear of being loved. I have this underlying belief that you're not going to fool me. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to buy it. I know that the minute I believe that you really do love me, you're going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And that that has been a big struggle. So I know the reality of that push pull of mm-hmm. longing for closeness and 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 moving toward closeness many, many times. And then when it's reciprocated and the person comes closer to me, I will really back away. So just feels like good insight for me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's there's another layer of complexity when you identify with more of the, the disorganized or chaotic attachment. And oftentimes, if we're in a relationship, you know, as a fearful avoidant or disorganized, you know, let's let's just we'll just start saying disorganized so we don't have to name the names that they can be called disorganized. So if you're in a relationship with an avoidant, a lot of times the more anxious side of you will be come more to the front. If you're in a relationship with an anxious, you're going to have more of the avoidant come up. So you're either feeling consumed where you want to avoid or you're feeling deprived and you want to cling. So for the disorganized, it's a lot of inner dialogue of what's going on with this person. And then I know how to or what I need to feel safe in that relationship Mm -hmm. for all of us. It's good to know we heal in the context of building the secure relationships with one or or the secure attachment, and that can happen. Right. Yeah. I think we're able to talk about this today because we both, over the last many months, we're really experiencing security in our attachments in, in new ways. And I think that has given us just some ability to see some of the agony, I'll use the word agony of where we have been for so much of our lives in the context of our relationships of just feeling very, very insecure. Well, not only do we oftentimes beat ourselves up possibly or beat other people up, I just think this information is gold Yeah, because if we slow down and we really have a good understanding of attachment styles coming from wounds, we're like, we can go, oh, they're pulling away. This is probably the message that they're telling themselves. And we would feel compassion over that if we understand like an avoid, like if someone's in an extreme avoidant response, well, then we automatically know like, "Mm, what part of them feels protective over feeling rejected? Yeah. Instead of, okay, why are they being such a jerk and ghosting me? (laughs) It's, it's hard though, because we're so invested, right? And it's personal. And when we get triggered by some, someone either clinging or turning away from us, it's very hard to be objective in that moment and think about, oh, they're experiencing some wounding, some of their wounding, and how can I move toward them with love? Instead, we tend to get into these reactionary stances where what they do causes me to react, which causes them to react. And so, yes, I agree. The more that we can learn and then slow down, which we have said so many times recently, and both of us are really experiencing the goodness of slowing down, but just slowing down and seeing what and and identifying what are the sensations that I'm feeling in my body. And then can I bring care enough so that I can turn toward them with kindness and compassion and curiosity rather than out of my fear of them wounding me. I'm thinking of how we are both learning and growing and showing up in ways that we know how to care for one another. Sometimes you're in relationship with somebody else that not only doesn't know, they, they actually aren't inviting that. They, they don't even want to consider that this is a thing. We're still going to benefit, right? Of understanding 
ourselves and getting a feel for what's going on with them, maybe in a way that will hopefully slowly invite them into a deeper, safe and secure connection, or in a way that we begin to feel confident that what we're asking for in our needs is not too much. And they have to consider if they want to stay in a relationship with us, just some things might not be okay anymore. Which is hard, but worth it, right? Mm -hmm. It is worth it because the truth is our deepest longing is to have, you know, I've heard you say this, just very satisfying relationships. We know that we're part of that equation. It's not always the other person and it's not always us. It takes a mutuality and in working towards that in ways that ideally both parties are aware Mm -hmm. that our goal is to move towards safe, secure attachment. And I think it's really worthy to say that sometimes it's very hard to navigate this with your partner or your spouse, particularly if if you are doing some work and learning and growing and they're really not, or and especially if they're resistant. But How we show up in our relationship with that person is also the way we will show up in our relationship with all of our intimate relationships. Maybe not exactly the same way because the dynamics of the relationship are different. But if we have disorganized attachment style, this is going to come forward in all of our close relationships in one way or another. And so, Sometimes the safest place to begin exploring that with the other person is not with our partner or spouse, but with a friend or a therapist or a coach who can really, where when we sense the disruption taking place, we are able to actually enter dialogue with them in a way that can feel safe Mm-hmm. So that we can calm and soothe this, our body and really enter into it in a way that we maybe can't with our our spouse. Yeah, yeah, because it's it really is just about practicing. You know, once we have an idea of like, ooh, I think I'm trying to close off, or ooh, I'm feeling the anxiety of have I done something? Have I said something? I feel like this. I'm getting ready to lose this connection and it sends us into anxiety. And then we start making up stories on our head. You know, it is a spiral. It's a spiral either way. It's a spiral if we're disconnecting and closing off, or if it's a spiral, if we're anxious and we're trying to cling. I want to get into a little bit of what causes disorganized attachment. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? Yeah, some people say this is the, you know, the hardest or the the most difficult style and I and 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 it is because it comes from most often a child who grows up in an environment that is just hard. There maybe there's abuse or continual neglect or in some way the child feels that the person who brings them care and safety and security in life is also the same person who brings harm and pain. Mm-hmm. And so when the, the the infant, the child perceives that this caregiver is, I'm dependent on them for all of the goodness that I need in life. And I have to be wary because this is also the person who brings pain. 
This mm-hmm. causes us to have tremendous struggle in relationships. We this is what causes our attachment wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that parent may not be directly causing pain, but in some way they're allowing pain to come into your life yeah. in a way that you needed protected. Right. Yeah. And and so there, you know, there's some nuances in understanding disorganized attachment. It's not always a parent that maybe is physically or sexually abusing, but in some way they they have allowed those things to happen purposely or not yeah. for the child. This person who's supposed to be protecting them is not, and therefore they can't trust the person who they need most. And I know we both have been able to look back on our individual journeys. And when we started understanding this, things just started making so much sense to us in how we've shown up. Yeah. And I think it would be good for us to talk about a little bit about for myself, you know, one of the one of the biggest ways that this shows up for me is in my deep desire for closeness in my relationships. But then the 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 fear that I would feel when both when people would get would would move close to me that I would feel a fear of they're going to see these parts of me that are going to prove that something is wrong with me and they are going to run or that I will do something that if I allow them to get close, that I will do something that will hurt them. You, as well as the pearls and a few you know, people in my life where I now have been able to, to name some things and to say, here's what I need. I need words. I'm a, I am I need a lot of words. I need a lot of reassurance, right? That, you know, that I am loved and wanted and that I matter. And I've been able to say that with great fear and trembling at times that, that, you know, I would be perceived as, you know, too needy and too much and not worth it. What would you say for you is... What are some ways that you are able now to communicate what you need so that you can, rather than going into the reactionary stances, you are able to stay engaged and work through things when when your big desires for, for connection, you know, feel scary? What comes to my mind first is the complexity for me of being too trusting and trusting no one. So this is the bind. This is the pull that I can show up and just trust someone blindly and share too much and, you know, realize that that wasn't a good thing. Or I can move towards more of there's nothing you could do that would prove to me that I can trust you. I just don't trust you. And so for me, the whole trust thing has been one of the hardest things I've had to unravel. And as I've done my own work, what I've mostly been focused on is learning to trust myself, learning to know myself, learning to live out of the integrity, right? Of being able to either set up a good, healthy boundary or for me to grow, I have to move towards some steps of trusting someone that's trustworthy. (laughs) I see you smiling. No, no. And, and yeah. And so what does that look like? 
Well, um, it looks like when I get triggered that I don't trust. Okay. Which I've done it in the pearls group, especially early on, you know, I, cause I, I let you guys know from the beginning, if I don't show up someday, I'm probably just went hyper avoidant and I don't trust. So what I can do now is of course, slow down and, you know, notice what's going on in my body. And then in that area, I, I can bring words to the vulnerability that I feel about what it what it is that I'm not trusting right now. Is there any validity to it? Or is it just my body's response to something that triggered me and all of a sudden I don't feel safe, but doesn't mean I'm not safe. I'm telling you what, this is one of the hardest things I have done and I still do today. Yeah. But so worth it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm enjoying more rest in my relationships. Yeah. And, and I think I, I I'm, I'm thinking of several times, not only for you, but for myself too, when we have shown up and brought a vulnerability or a struggle and particularly to, to our pearls group, but, but with each other too, how often the response that comes back will say, I'm thinking about your little girl. Mm. And I'm thinking about your story of when this particular thing happened. And I'm just wondering if some of what you're feeling afraid of right now is what you were feeling afraid of when you were seven years old. And how beautiful that response is and how almost every time it's like there are tears mm -hmm. and it's like, yes, that's it. Exactly. And, and so to have the response from, because you brought your, your real self, your honest heart, your, your fears, your wounds, all of that, somebody else now who is getting to know you at this in, in these places is able to meet you there in ways that then just help build the, the, the foundation of security that you're able to stand on now. Oh, yeah, that that's so true. I know part of staying in these relationships and being able to show up with stories being known, feeling known, feeling loved and and bringing those vulnerabilities. And we did some episodes about self. What's coming up for me is this idea of, you know, even our attachment wounds can lead us into self-betrayal. I'm thinking of, uh, it's been a couple of years ago that I was in a, you know, a pretty dark space and I had the pearls around me and that fear, right. Of not being able to trust myself. Yeah. And I just remember you guys naming over me the trustworthy woman that I was. Yeah. calling it out, naming it, you know, that, that you, you weren't saying that I had always done everything perfect or right, but the true desire and who I was, and I'm telling you what, something shifted in me. Yeah, I know. You know because, because, you know, because I know. Yeah. it, it was trustworthy in the sense of, so when my little girl right, was trying to find safety and get needs met that I could see her and take care of her in ways that I wouldn't betray myself. Yeah. It, it just, it began a journey that I've had therapy over the years. Yeah. And I've never been on that kind of a journey in my own healing. 
this, yeah, hard. Oh my gosh. So hard, but so worth it and continues to be worth it. And at times there's some hardness that we still have to work through. Yeah. Hardness. And we've been, we've been talking about this a little bit and playfulness, right? Where, where we're finding ourselves being able to move toward these um, conversations with a different sense of knowing some of the joy that is coming forth in like, even you naming like that day, something shifted in you. And I'm like, well, you think, because <laughs> I think that was a, that was a really radical transformational moment. Like I can even remember, and this was a long time ago. I remember the look on your face and almost the, you know, almost the resistance to what was really proclaimed as this is who you are, Candace. Like we see this in you and and for you then to begin to let that truth sink in and you know to where now like there's just so much joy there because like this is the truth of who you are and you know it Mm, yeah I would say I'm believing it more and more yeah that playfulness has been such a fun part of our group and I'm just going to give a shout out to our seven on the Enneagram in our group you know, there's sometimes that she'll, she'll say something, you know, so boldly, but I mean, it, it brings such a playfulness and, you know, sometimes I have felt shocked by some of the things that she has said, but I'm telling you, it, it has brought such a, oh my gosh, let's have a little fun doing this. I mean, Hey, well, and these are heavy topics. And so, you know, when we're in them and, and and in our Pearls group, I mean, it's many, almost every week, I will say someone comes with something that just feels oh, unbearably God. heavy and, and we engage there. And then there are moments of just gut busting laughter and both are so good and so important. It's so true. Today, what I would like to invite our listeners towards is not only being curious about your attachment wounds that have led to your attachment styles, but what would it be like for you to invite somebody else that you know into this same discovery of maybe them knowing theirs, you knowing yours? This is just coming to me. Yeah. And and really with a heart to say, let's provide one another a safe space to process healing these attachment wounds. Yeah. It's so good. And the and the reality is everyone has attachment wounds and everyone has a particular attachment style. And when we can, like you said, engage that with someone else, it's especially with an atmosphere of curiosity. When someone shares about, here's what I saw myself do, like then to be able to ask the question, can you say more? Can you go deeper? What do you feel about yourself as a result of that? What message did that solidify? Can Mm. you remember a time when you were a little child that you felt something very similar? And then what did you make any vows in that story? Did any vows come forth where you said, I will never or I will always Yes, it's just beautiful when we can begin to engage in these ways. Well, you mentioned everybody has attachment wounds, and we're talking specifically in the context if you've had complex childhood trauma. Because I I will say, you know, if you grew up and you lean more into a secure attachment, right? And there are people 
that do. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm so jealous. No. <laughs> Bless them. But you know, they're like you mentioned before, there's a spectrum, but for people that are most securely attached, it doesn't mean they can't have moments of either. I want to say it does make a difference in how you interact. And we'll talk more about this. I really think we should do an episode on what maybe we'll interview someone that has a secure attachment style and ask them what life has been like for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see if we can find someone. Yeah, I think that that is, I think it can bring a lot of compassion, like everybody breathe and everybody give everybody a break. I have been so quick to always go into a defensive posture. When when something is going wrong, I immediately go into this, like I need to explain it or I need to make sense of it. And now that I'm slowing down and I'm able to just pause and then say, oh, I see that. Can you say more? Can you tell me more? It is just absolutely changing things. Well, you practice that with me, Cher. I've seen you do that. And yeah. it's... It's good for me too, right? Because if I'm coming towards, right, and you're going mm-hmm. and and you just slow down and ask more questions, yeah. it's it's been amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's been amazing. Because it helps me slow down too when you do that. It brings understanding, right? And it's back to this thing of we we all... Most of us have our wounds. We have our styles of relating. And when we're trying to do that in relationship, it can get messy. But when we slow down and we, 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 we turn toward just so good, what comes from that? Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I I do think a lot of people, you know, can maybe relate to that, that immediately that immediate feeling of needing to defend, right? You know, we just want to say there, there's a way to heal those wounds. Yeah and to find more security and safety in your relationships. Yeah. Once again, friend, so good to be with you and so good to talk about these things. Our listeners don't know how often when we push, stop, record, we keep processing. I mean, we these conversations have been just so helpful for, for both of us and we love what we do. We do. And I love you. And I love you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandiceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.